You're listening to a Behind Closed Doors podcast on 3CR 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash Behind Closed Doors. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes and Spotify. This show is broadcast on the land belonging to the people of Kulin Nation. Behind Closed Doors 3CR pays its respect to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledges that sovereignty has never been ceded, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You have tuned in into 3CR's program Behind Closed Doors. This program explores all topics related to sex work. We give sex workers and allies a comfortable space to share their experiences. We also appreciate questions from the general public. Behind closed doors, aim to uncover what the sex industry is really like. Our program exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful, this program is not suitable for little years, as there may also be explicit language use. Please email us at bcd3cr at gmail.com. Hi, welcome to another episode of Behind Closed Doors, Australia's only sex worker radio show. You've got Kitty Galore in the studio today, and I have with me my very good friend, Jake. Hi, Jake. Hey. <laughs> hey, Jake. I can't believe that Sasha and you ended up using studio time to do that interview while I was upstairs in another meeting. It was so unexpected. It was kind of a spur of the moment thing. Hey, let's just you know, do a recording. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And it was great because I think we had a really fabulous episode. And for our listeners who haven't heard it yet, it's on our podcast, which you can find online at BCD3CR. So I've got Jake back in the studio with me today to do our originally planned interview. <laughs> Are you ready, Jake? Yeah, let's do it. You see, it was so funny because I never thought I was going to come out to you as a sex worker. Mm. So uh, why did you? Well, you were going to be one of my friends that would never, ever know about my sex work for the entirety of our friendship. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's interesting. So what, what made you change your mind? I guess that changed when I realized that we've had such a long friendship And in the many years that I've known you, you know, we've been able to set really solid boundaries around our friendship and there's so much respect. Sasha's constantly encouraging me to be proud of myself, who I am, and the fact that I am a sex worker. So when it came time for a midsummer performance, which is called Let Me Get Something Off My Chest and they needed someone to help out, I just thought, you know what? I think Jake's the perfect person to ask. Well, um, I'm glad you told me. Yeah, it means a lot to me. Oh, thanks. It makes it, it means <laughs> a lot to me too, because it's not something I do very often, if at all. And mm. it's something that I definitely don't take very lightly. So is this the first step to uh, maybe coming out a bit a little bit more? Or is this it? <laughs> like are you just gonna stop with it? <laughs> <laughs> well, with- like Sasha said, you know, it's not something you take to the public with a microphone. Like, you know, you shout out loud at La Poquetas is what she said um, to everyone <laughs> in the restaurant or to all your friends and family members. It's not that. She said it's something that you keep as privileged information. And when you feel 
like you want to tell someone because they're close to you or if they've asked you, then it's up to you to disclose that. But when you do disclose that, you know, disclose it with pride and say, yes, I am. And don't be ashamed of it. So in terms of the circle of friends that we both share, honestly, I don't think that they're ready for it. Yeah, it's not beneficial to them. And it's not like they really need to know at this stage in time. Okay. Well, the question I had for you is, would you have preferred not to know? No, I definitely would want to know. I think, yeah, we're close friends and I would want to know that. (laughs) Why? um, I guess I don't need to know it, but it's just, it's nice to know that you can tell me stuff like that. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, we've got such a fabulous friendship and that's something that I really cherish and appreciate. I remember looking at you when I was doing my performance and when I said the lines, I am a sex worker. (laughs) And there was this stoic look on your face. And I remember thinking you were mad at me. (laughs) Yeah, I was just taking it in, man. Tune in to the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. So Jake, now that you know, what other questions come to mind for you as a general member of the public who, according to your last interview, says, you know, you don't have much experience with sex workers. What would you like to know about sex workers? You know, I'm just kind of curious why um, people get into the industry. Like, why did you get into it? Okay, so I guess long story short, um, I came out from a really bad marriage at the age of 19. And I was tired of men. And I thought, you know, if men only want to have sex with me, then I may as well get paid for it. And, you know, truth, in fact, I was actually a very sheltered person. And to some extent, I think I still am. But I came across this article on MSN, and it talked about brothels. And I was like, hang on, what? I thought I was only existed in movies. I did a bit of research and I was working three jobs then and I could really use the cash, especially because I had to leave my then partner and relocate for safety. And I was doing three different jobs. So I tried it out and my first clients I ever had, um, or do we even want to go into that? (laughs) I'm kind of of curious about it actually, but uh, it's up to you whether you want to tell me. Okay, well, I guess the first client I ever had, he was just so lovely and we didn't even have sex. And he booked me for two hours and all he wanted to do was just lay next to me and tell me how beautiful I was. And I thought, wow, I could get paid for this. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I think being in this industry, it sort of repaired my relationship with men because originally what got me into this industry was being married to a very abusive man, which then because of my nativity and young age made me stereotype men in general. And so when I got into this industry, over time, it repaired my relationship with men because I was able to see just a wide spectrum of the different types of men out there. You know, you have men who are super respectful and then you have men who are also not very respectful at all. 
And sometimes it's about getting that opportunity to educate those men who are disrespectful, which is something I actually love doing, especially when I was working in brothels um, on the weekend when he had really drunk people coming in. And, you know, my quest uh, wasn't just to earn money, but it was to educate men out there, especially those who think they're really good in the bed, but are really not. (laughs) Damn. So why did you decide to, with your view of men, why did you decide to become a sex worker with that? You know, if you didn't think much of men, like, you know, why, like, work with them? Ah, it was because for me, I felt that men only wanted sex from me. They only wanted access to my body, but they weren't willing to meet my needs. I just thought, well, there's, there's no point um, in a relationship anymore, especially since I, since I had to relocate from safety and had to get a divorce at 19. Yeah. I just thought I would rather work with men and have them pay me than to be in a relationship with men and to have my heart broken. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good question. Okay. (laughs) So Jake, when we first spoke, you also asked me a question about why sex workers get paid so much. I think it was one of your first questions, in fact. Uh, Yeah. Why did Um, you ask that question? Well, whenever I looked it up, it's just so expensive. Like, you know, I kind of look at the price. I'm like, wow, I think I'd rather upgrade my computer. Like, you know, it's (laughs) it's just so much money. Like, why? Why is it so expensive? Well, it's a misnomer that, sex work is easy money. And the truth is sex work um, costs a lot of money because either A, when we work alone, we have extreme high outgoing costs, especially when you're working overseas or in states that allow you to do in calls, you have to hire your own apartment or hotel. Obviously you're traveling, you have um, expenses for flights, You know, we've got beauty maintainers expenses that could include nails, hair, eyelashes, and these things are not cheap and they're ongoing maintenance costs as well. You know, a lot of sex workers, they might contemplate or they might be saving for not only certain surgeries to enhance their body image, but it may also include their education. I know so many sex workers who are just trying to put themselves through school. Also, if you meet a sex worker who's working for an agency or a brothel, oftentimes the worker is only earning half or less than half, very rarely, slightly more than half of the actual costs that the client is paying. You know, one of my dreams, if it ever were to come to fruition, is to open a brothel where there's no need for me as a business owner to collect wages or you know excessive amount of wages from them I just think that it's it's pure greed especially for um, the previous agencies or brothels that I used to work at they would take more than half from the worker and on public holidays or uh, particular celebrations like like for example a Melbourne Cup they would charge clients an extra 50 to $100 just to book me. And that means when they come upstairs with me, I'm not able to then ask them for extra monies because they already feel like they're overtaxed. So yeah, it's a really tough call. I think a lot of people don't understand that there's a lot of outgoing costs with sex workers. I mean, so like with, I won't ask how much you profit, but like if you would compare it to another job, do you you think it's higher than the average nine to five job? 
I think that it's good to compare sex work with a high risk job, uh, such as a forklift driver, where, you know, there's a high risk of either getting injured, hurt, or a casual type of job where there's no job security, you earn a bit of a higher wage to cover those days of work that you don't do, or perhaps you don't get sick leave, you know, you've got to pay your own superannuation, right? So that's how I see sex work. And you can't compare it to a typical secure nine to five job with average wages that has, you know, a lot of job security. This is not your average job. And obviously, with that said, it's not for your average person either. Why not choose the average job? There are so many different types of sex workers. There's never an answer that fits all of us. But so generally speaking, sex workers do sex work because um, A, they're trying to put themselves through school um, and they need to do more hours than just nine to five, or perhaps they don't have the qualifications yet to get into the jobs that they want to. Some sex workers who have mental health issues or who have challenges meeting the requirements for a nine to five job would prefer the flexible hours in sex work. And also, you know, with sex work, it's a challenging job where you are your own boss, you set your own hours, you determine, you know, when you're going to work and what days you don't feel like working. To some extent, you can say there's a lot of freedom in sex work. And, you know, the flip side is also true, like sex work is actually quite stressful, especially since you have to live a double life, given all the stigma that surrounds sex work as well. But like, if I were to compare it to my job, like on a Saturday, you know, I'd get maybe 40 bucks an hour, let's say like 400 bucks a day. Right. And like for a sex worker, one hour, like how much would that be? Like how much would you, would a sex worker profit in an hour? Like it's. These are all really good questions. And I feel like the general public who don't have a lot to do with sex work would benefit in knowing. So as much as I want to skip over the question, I'm going to answer it, okay, as best as I can. Um, So we need to first set some boundaries in place. Number one, not all sex workers earn the same amount. You have different genres of sex workers. You've got street-based sex workers. You've got brothel-based sex workers. You've got sex workers who work for agencies. You've got independent sex workers who work for themselves. You've also got online porn stars. You've got people who you know, only work within Snapchat. Um, and oh boy, like during COVID, they're, they're earning a lot of money, whereas other forms of sex work were actually banned due to coronavirus laws. So there's this huge spectrum of sex workers that earn a different wage. And this wages varies very much on the day, the time, the weather. It varies on whether or not a sex worker is really pushing themselves to advertise themselves online. It varies on whether or not a sex worker has a good set of regular clients or perhaps uh, if their clients have flown back overseas. You know, there's so much different factors that you can't say all sex workers earn more or less the same general wage. Um, It, number one, depends on what, what area of sex works the sex worker is working in? And, you know, if you take stripping into example, you know, I used to be a stripper, wasn't a great stripper because I was just dancing too fast. And for me, it was like a sort of athletic show. <laughs> and I think just very much like the Jerry Seinfeld episode where he's spinning the umbrella too fast. I think I was spinning around the pole too fast. I was disorienting the customers. <laughs> Strippers don't start 
on a profit. They don't even start on zero. They start in negatives because they have to pay the venue a fee to start working there. How horrible is that? So sometimes there are some um, colleagues that I know who don't even make any money at the end of their shift. And that goes the same for brothel workers as well. They're sex workers who go in, but after their eight hour shift, they make no money and they just, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's not an easy job and it's not a job where you earn a wage that's consistent. And that's why I go back to say it's a profession that doesn't have the stability. So you're saying it pays more, but it's not stable. Yes. Okay. So it's more beneficial to have a, I don't know, a job that isn't in the industry. Ah, Jake, <laughs> are you trying to ask if you should get into this industry? <laughs> no. <laughs> I would seriously caution and say, hey, look, sex work can be great, but it's not for everyone. Um, Sex work requires you to be managing a small business that is your own. Sex work has currently in Victoria a lot of rules and regulations around it, many of which are outdated. um, And sex workers are currently on the fight for decriminalization, for better laws and removal of old laws that put us at risk. So our landscape at the moment for sex work isn't as ideal as somewhere like Sydney, where there is decriminalization. However, at the same time, sex work is a dual lifestyle, given the stigma that you have to carry um, because our society isn't yet ready for the embracing of sexual health. Like we don't talk about sex in our normal circles. You know, you don't talk about sex is so taboo. You don't talk about masturbation. You don't talk about why some relationships suffer. And if they're having routine or any sex in that relationship, like these are things that are very important in any human being's life that are just completely swept on the carpet. And our society pretends like we're asexual beings like you know children are sent by stalks (laughs) oh yeah only have sex to have children like that is not the case at all so if anyone's looking to get in the profession I just want to caution you as a friend and say sex work isn't for everyone if you want to try it out like you got to have a good head screwed on your shoulders you know make sure you are looking after yourself You've got good supports around you, whether that's um, external counseling or just people who are there to um, encourage you and to show you the right way. Sex workers' rights are human rights. Today, we are celebrating the incredible strength and diversity of sex workers. Sex work is real work. Sex work is not sex trafficking, and it's harmful when you confuse the two. Sex workers are skilled professionals selling a unique service, not their bodies. Sex work is the negotiation and transaction of consensual sexualized services. But society seems to have a hard time with the concept of capitalizing from sex. Sex workers' rights are human rights. Sex workers are all ages. Men, women, gay, lesbian, trans and non-binary. Husbands, wives, partners. Mums, dads, sisters, brothers. University students, lawyers and designers. Sex workers are everyday people. They deserve the same legal rights and protection afforded to the rest of society. The current regulation of sex work in Victoria isn't equitable. It strips sex workers' capacity to negotiate safe work and access to health services. Research indicates that full decriminalisation is the best model to support sex workers' health, safety and human rights. Decriminalisation starts 
starts from the understanding that sex work is real work. Decriminalisation treats sex work like any other labour trade under regular employment laws. Decriminalisation reduces violence. Decriminalisation dismantles stigma. Decriminalisation dissolves barriers. Decriminalisation helps sex workers be seen as people. Not as a job, a bad choice or a victim. More than 20,000 people in Australia are sex workers. I want to live in a society that celebrates the diversity of all human beings. Sex workers' rights are human rights. You know, Jake, when you and I first started being friends, um, you used to tell me, do whatever you want. Like, if, if you want to have a late night meal before bed, do it if it makes you happy. And I remember having this conversation with you about, hang on, do you remember this conversation? Yeah, yeah, I remember. And do you remember what I said? I can't remember exactly. Something about a real friend wouldn't say to do what you want. Is it? Is that? Am I right? Or yes. That? Yes. Yeah, okay. And why? I guess so we can look out for each other, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So in sex work, particularly, um, there is a lot of partying that will come as opportunities. Sometimes people would rather pay you in drugs rather than in cash. And you have to remember that you are doing sex work to make a living, to earn money, to either get you through school or to pay a rent or mortgage or to save for something that is important. So when you encounter opportunities, quote unquote opportunities or challenges like this, you got to have a really strong head screwed on and um, not let these things divert you from your original goal. I have seen many amazing, smart women, especially during my days of working in a brothel, who started doing sex work because they were looking to put themselves through a university course. But, you know, by the end of three to six weeks, they had partied too much and they gotten just so addicted to the substances. And, you know, it's not every client who comes in who offers it to you, but we do have clients who distribute in hopes that you will get addicted to it and then you go back to them and then end up being their client. It's happened to me before. And, you know, rather than throw the pipe in the bin, I actually returned it to the client. And I said, like, thanks for booking me again. Thanks for lending me these tools to enjoy. Um, but it's not for me. And, you know, like personally, I think it's because I grew up in a household where my dad was given so much alcohol as gifts and, you know, there was just so much you couldn't drink it. And it was the drink in the house that nobody cared to drink. So I grew up the type of person who didn't put a high value on drinks. And subsequently, uh, also because of my upbringing, um, drugs isn't something that I find of high value. I think there's so much more value if you can achieve that high without the substance at all. And perhaps in one of our future episodes, Sasha and I can have a chat about that. That's truly all the time we have for today. I hope you'll join me next week when Jake and I follow up with a part two all about sex work and morals. I sincerely hope you've enjoyed today's show. And just a gentle reminder that there are so many different types of sex workers that not one voice will represent all sex workers Today, I've shared with you a lot of my own personal experiences and I hope that you can take away from it something that benefits you.
In my journey of being a sex worker, I found that what's really important is that you find out what's best for you and what works for you. Here at Behind Closed Doors, we do everything that we can to support and celebrate you as the unique individual that you are, sex worker, ally, or just an ordinary member of our general public. We wish you well and we wish you only the very best. What is the best for you? That's only a question that you can answer yourself. And with that said, I'd like to leave you with a song. It's called The Best of You. And it's a Foo Fighters cover sung by Amanda Brown. Everyone's got the chance to break Holding you Where your partner is
this is a replay from an episode of Behind Closed Doors. We sincerely hope you enjoy this episode as much as we have enjoyed producing it. <laughs>